0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 83 of the Fight Library. On today's episode, I am talking UFC Tampa with Life of a Prize fighter, uh, creator Matthew Putterman. Uh, We talk about so much stuff on this, and this is a really fun episode. I'm not going to keep you all long on this intro, so let's play some music and get into it. Matthew Putterman. Uh he is the mastermind behind Anatomy of Prize Fighter. That's right. And he's also uh been so kind as to host one of his interviews on Fight Library with Anthony Pettis. That was a monster interview. I loved it, brother. Thank you for joining me. How are you, dude?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well, man. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing good. So tell everybody a little bit about life of a prize fighter. How's uh how'd that come about and how do you like doing it?
1: So, for for some, I've been doing interviews for a little while, um, but I kind of wanted to get a little bit more more behind the scenes of filming fighters, getting in the mind, getting into training sessions, the hard work it actually takes to become a fighter. Um, I was actually, I worked at Rufus Sport MMA Academy for three and a half years. I was the assistant manager there, and uh, just being able to know a bunch of fighters over the years... sancho I saw the way they train i saw the way the dedication the way cut everything like and i was watching anatomy of a fighter and obviously i wanted to change i had my own thing it's completely different than anatomy of a fighter um i just look specifically into it the way cut the training sessions the coaches actually teaching that's something i like to inquire especially in my videos specifically is a lot of the coaches teaching especially duke rufus daniel vanderlei those guys too. A lot of people don't see that those behind the scenes, and I'm grateful enough to be able to know those know those guys, and you know, be a part of something big like that. And you know, I just want to make this channel big. So we're almost at 100 subscribers in two months here. So, uh yeah, man, I see this as a brand as well too. You know, there's so many different ways you can name life for a prize fighter. There's so many things you can do with it. Is it about the money? Is it about the belt? Is it about being the best fighter in the world? There's so many things too, and each fighter is different. That's what intrigues me to think. What can I do to shoot these like shoot these films and see what I can do with it? So, um, I've gotten to do Sergio Pettis. I'm doing Jared Gordon right now as we speak. So a one. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to film people like that, and I'm truly thankful. God bless me, people in my life like this.
0: That's awesome, man. And you, you're dealing with some of the best in the world, especially with Duke Rufus' camp. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I get a link to your stuff in the bio of this uh, podcast and stuff. That way we can get some more people. Hopefully we can hit that 100, man. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, i get doing free t-shirt giveaways, actually. So Beautiful. once we hit 100 subscribers, yeah, I'll even show you real quick. I got one right next to me. It's uh, just right here. All of his just life or prize prizefire. That's it right there. Plain and simple. I love it. Once we hit 100 subscribers, you already know it goes out to some some random person. Don't beautiful. know who it is yet, but beautiful. We'll see. We'll see you that. Guys,
0: I'll have to absolutely check that out. It's great. I love his videos. They're all just well done. He does Matt does a great job. So let's go ahead and talk about some fights, man. This past weekend we had um, UFC Tampa. Um, it was a pretty decent night of fights. We're also going to touch on uh, Mighty Mouse's legacy and Israel Adesanya. So uh, we're gonna dive right in. So first of all, uh, James Vic got knocked out again. That's his fourth knockout and his third knockout and his fourth loss um, on this current skid that he's on. Man, where does he go from here? Where do you think he goes?
1: You know, I just man after getting knocked out, especially after the first time, you should really take at least six months to a year off. Especially being concussed, when you get knocked out, you're gonna be you're concussed. You know, your brain can't come back. Especially a lot of fighters. You saw with Michael Bisping. He lost to George St. Pierre, got choked out unconscious, comes back three weeks later, fights Calvin Gaslam, and then gets knocked out cold. Your brain doesn't have enough time to recuperate after a shot like that, especially being able to be choked out unconscious like that. I think fighters should easily take six months to a year off, especially after an injury like that. And brain injuries don't mess around with that. You can't. Like, I had a concussion for three months. I know how that is. I'm not a fighter, but you can just imagine what a fighter would be like especially you have that issue so you know from here it's kind of tough that's four k that's four knockout losses in a row it's you know i mean actually not four in a row he lost to paul felder by decision yeah it was a decision three three in a row but uh you know he's still a talented fighter i just really think they should give him one more chance you know have him take a year off let his brain recuperate get better with his skills and see where the ufc can go from there and you know if he I don't know how many fights he has left on this deal, but if he has the one fight left on his contract, you know, let him fight that out to see if he's uh, willing to re- re-sign with the UFC. But I know uh, Bellator and uh, 1FC would definitely jump over all that to take James Vick easily. So and He's a talented fighter. I remember him on The Ultimate Fighter. That guy was a beast. Dude,
0: he's been Knocked around for forever.
1: With the knee. I mean, that was back when Cruz was fighting in favor for the world title. So that yep. was a long time ago. So... You know, we'll see we'll see where it goes from here, but I think they should get him one more shot. He's a talented fighter and I think he's great for it. So
0: Yeah, that was his debut at uh at welterweight as well. He has such a big frame for for lightweight. So welterweight's the right move. It's unfortunate for him. Nico Price caught him with an up kick. That's about the luckiest shot you can get, especially on a six foot whatever James Vick on the ground like that. That's ridiculous, man. Exactly. That's one of those fluke losses that sucks. But you know, I really think like you said, James Vick needs to take some good time off. I think he needs to, uh, you know, let his brain rest. Do some jujitsu tournaments if you want to compete. You know, don't, don't go out there and and spar at all. I want his brain to completely uh, rest itself. You know, because I mean, James, he he seems like a, a genuine stand-up guy. Um, he's he's got the right tools. He, you know, he's he's got the size and the frame and everything, and he's got power. Um, I'd like to see how that transfers over to welterweight. So. Next question for you, Matt, um, Michelle Watterson, uh, you know, women's strongweight is probably the most stacked division in for women. Um, you know, you got Joanna, you got Wiley Zhang, you've got uh, Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade. It's stacked. That is a powerful division. And Wiley, Michelle Watterson is um, in a bit of no man's land there where, you know, she's really got no shot at making a way to the title right now until the division clears out. What do you think she needs to do to make her way back up to the top to be in contention for a title shot again?
1: Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations, you know, Giovanna is just, she shows why she's a true champion coming back after losing the Rose gets knocked out and then loses by a close decision. And then obviously as you saw, Rose gets knocked out by Jessica Andrade, just, the, the strawweight division changes the title so much. Rose was just the most dominant, or Joanna was the most dominant. But once Rose was able to defeat and figure out the code to Joanna, then it went from there. But uh, you know, she's she's still young in the sport. You know, she was the Invicta. I think was she the atomweight champion or she was a strawweight champion? I can't remember.
0: Invictum. Uh, she was atomweight.
1: She's atomweight. Yeah. Again, she's a little bit too small for strawweight still, but there's no in-between weight class in the UFC. So strawweight is going to have to be for her. So she just needs a couple more wins. I'll probably say two two more wins. And, you know, she's right back in contention to fight for the world title. She was right there. If she would have beat Joanna, she most definitely would be fighting uh, Willie Zhang for the strawweight title. But the fight they need to make is Jessica. I mean, excuse me, they need to make Willie Zhang, Versus Joanna Jacek for the flyweight title. That's, that makes the most sense, in my opinion. I mean, the way Joanna was able to piece up Michelle Watterson shows that she's one of the best strikers in the UFC. You know, she fought Valentina Shevchenko at 125, but who has defeated Valentina Shevchenko at 125? I mean, no one has. Um, I would even like to see her go up to fight Amanda Nunes one more time at 135. Those yeah. fights were both so close that, you, again, you don't know so maybe maybe that fight will happen down in the future. But I'd like to see Willie Zhang versus Yohanian Jacek for the flyweight title sometime early next year.
0: You can, you can definitely make a case for that. I mean, Rose is still sitting out there, and she deserves a title shot because she was absolutely mauling Jessica Andrade when she lost the title to that yeah. fluke. Not really a fluke, but she got slammed on her head by a mistake. But, yeah, I can, I can see that. As for Michelle, I think she needs about three or four more wins and let the division really just thin itself out. She can't afford to lose again. I mean, she's getting up there in age to where she won't be the same fighter as she used to be. Um, you know, Joanna uh, what really impressed me, going into our next topic, Ioana, um, her grappling looked great, you know, because Michelle, she's real good at, at, at grappling and getting you on the ground and stuff and pressure fighting, and Joanna flipped her over and, and did what she needed to do to get the win. Um, you know, she didn't let Michelle do her work the one time that Michelle had her in trouble when she had her back in the rear naked choke uh you know she didn't freak out you know she got she got out of the rear choke she got up and she continued to do what she does best and that is outstrike her opponent from the pocket uh i think joanna makes a lot of sense to fight wiley Zhang next what did you think of her performance
1: yeah i thought she looked great actually the way the way she was able her striking is just it's on a whole nother level you know even though she she lost to valentina Shevchenko, she did very well in her striking against her you know valentina Shevchenko is easily one of the best strikers in the women's division or the women's uh you know any of any women's fighters uh, amanda nunez everything like that too so you know it just shows it shows she's a high level striker and joanna you know did muay thai for years so before she even trained any mma at all so that's just now transferring over and she's getting her grappling's getting much better jiu-jitsu wrestling everything is getting much better and I think this is uh Joanna Yen 2.0. I'd I like to see her fight for the world title for sure.
0: I think she can win it back too. I mean, Wiley's not going to be an easy fight. No, I she definitely thinks she can win it. Fight. Yeah, I love Wiley. She's beats. always in the gym. It's crazy.
1: When I saw her I saw her at the UFC posted something of her hitting pads. I was like, wow. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I'm a
1: striking guy. I love striking. So when yeah. I saw that, I'm like, wow, she is a stud. So And I think she was actually working with one of my good friends, Duke Rufus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully she would come to Rufus Sport. I think that would be pretty cool. I feel like Duke would work really well with her, especially the way Duke's style is. Yeah, I think she would do really well with Duke. So, hopefully, she comes out here to Rufus Sport.
0: At least for, for camp or something. That'd be great. That would so, be over in one, Demetrius Johnson captured the uh, flyweight title, which is actually the 135 title, being honest with you. But still, um, he captured the one in the Grand Prix. Uh, Demetrius Johnson is probably the best mixed martial artist of all time if you ask me um, His his resume speaks for itself. I ran some numbers on it His winning percentage of uh, hit the, the fighters he fought um, Their records winning percentage when he fought them was about seven percent higher than Anderson Silva in his long title reign So he's fighting high quality opponents and now he goes over to one Which is just as big of a promotion in Asia as the UFC is in the United States and he wins the belt there uh, yes. what's dj's legacy to you what is mighty mouse to
1: you yeah he's he's definitely up there is easily top three best pound for pound fighters i personally think out of my of me watching fights for, for years now i think that george st pierre is the greatest fighter in history that's personally to me the, the the way he was able to avenge his losses to matt hughes matt sarah um, but the way with Demetrius, it's just, it's different. The way it, he's fighting smaller guys, but people don't respect the smaller weight division. I mean, there's some of the most talented guys at 125 pounds. I would have likened DJ to stay with the UFC. I mean, Ben Askren is a great uh, attribute to the UFC, but I would have loved him to see DJ fight Sergio Pettis. That would have been a great fight. That's something to- I wanted to see for years. I thought he was going to fight uh, Sergio Pettis right after he beat. Uh, joseph benavidez but you know the, the way his legacy is people will always give him crap because he never moved up to 135 to challenge for the world title um he, he's just not that fighter that wants to go up why why go up to another weight class you're dominating so well you're getting paid you're you're helping your family out your wife your kid everything is just it's different that way so i think that him staying at 125 pounds is good but uh, I would like him to see him going up to the fight T.J. Dillashaw at 135 pounds and him beating a guy like T.J. Dillashaw really puts a, a, a stamp on his record that's like, wow, okay, he beat X, Y, and Z and then beat uh, T.J. Dillashaw, one of the best weights of all time, even though he popped. But besides of that, b- besides the point, Demetrius Johnson is definitely top three pound-for-pound fighter. It's probably John's there. I mean, th- again, I always have a personal thing with John, just not personal, but it's just John popped, and it's just one of those things in my mind that always sits there. I'm like, Man, he popped. Anderson popped too. So I, I understand with his leg injury, but with he's DJ is definitely, I say top three for sure. But his legacy will always be someone will always say something because he's fighting the smaller weight guys. He's not fighting the bigger name opponents, but you got to respect that guy. That guy is one of the best of all time, 100%.
0: You gotta keep in mind he did fight at Bantamweight for a while. Um he lost to Dominic Cruz at Bantamweight. Yeah. And then he went down to one twenty five and won the inaugural title and didn't lose it till he lost to Sahouto. Um and keep in mind, one of those names that he has a win over is already Henry Sahuto. He knocked him out in the first round in their first fight. Uh, so yeah, I think DJ's legacy is going to go down. Um, not as it was appreciated uh, at first because it wasn't appreciated very much. But once we look at it and history is all said and done, I think he, Demetrius Johnson will be uh, well-renowned as one of the greatest of all time to ever do it it just sucks that he didn't get his dues right now uh two more questions for you brother um Israel Sanya is whew, ah, he's yeah the next big thing I, that's all I got to say about it uh he, he he completely just ran through Robert Whitaker it wasn't even close uh what, what give me your takes on that fight man
1: yeah man um the way I saw it, the way Israel Adesanya, I just knew before the fight, I just thought, I'm like, man, he's striking on... I'm saying Robert Whitaker's a great striker, but fighting a guy like Israel Adesanya, he's one of the best kickboxers of all time, too. Um, Just the way he moves, the way his punches... When people say he has no knockout power, he's a precise fighter. He has a lot of precision, so he's able to connect with a lot of shots. I study that guy a lot, and I love the way he fights... His takedown defense is getting better. His jujitsu, People think, because Calvin Gaslam did pretty well against Israel Adesanya. But you got to remember, Israel Adesanya beat him up bad, too, is the thing. Yeah, Israel did get hit by him. But at the end of the day, he dropped him like three times in that fight. And I don't even Israel got hit with a right hook in the first round and got caught up by the cage. But that's going to happen in a fight like that. It just shows he almost submitted Calvin Gaslam. I'm not saying Calvin Gaston was the greatest grappler. 185 pounds but it just shows that he's his game is well-rounded it's getting more well-rounded as he keeps training getting better and better over the years so um just the way he was able to dispatch robert Whittaker, i wasn't shocked because of the striking i just knew that his, his striking would be- yeah walkout was amazing everything just seemed like god had a good plan he has a good plan for him and everybody and i thought that plan was definitely for him just just the way he was able to do it it was like it was his time for sure and uh, i think it is the israel adesanya era for the 185 pound division um i want him to see him fight paul acosta for sure this is his next title fight yes. his first defense and if he does end up winning that fight i want to see him fight john jones at 205 for sure
0: my thing about the John Jones fight is he needs to bolt on some bulk because he didn't cut very much weight to get to 185, so I think he needs to get bigger. Otherwise, John will just manhandle him, which that won't be a problem a year's time, and he can he can do that. Yeah. I, most, uh, what what I, I talked about talked about this to uh, Ben and and Pat from Sure Dog, and I think that Kelvin Gastelum war actually made Israel uh, Sanya better um he went through that he saw that five round adversity you know he he came through out stronger than that and we saw a whole different level of isrod and sign versus robert Whitaker. even though Whitaker's game plan wasn't uh it was stylistically it was it was uncharacteristic of rob to have that kind of a game plan but e- e- even though i mean israel that was just his night and it was on it so last question I let you go big dog um ufc boston is this weekend chris weidman's fighting on it Against Dominic Reyes in his two oh five debut, you got Jeremy Stephens and Yaya Rodriguez, Greg Hardy's fighting on this card, which is always ever controversial. What fight are you looking most forward to this weekend at UFC Boston?
1: Uh Macy Barber. Yeah, really. Yeah, I uh, gotta know Macy. She's uh, she trains at Rufus Sport now, so I've seen the the work she's put in these past few months here. And uh I definitely think that she she's definitely probably the next big thing at flyweight, especially in the uh in the UFC. I think she has what it takes to become world champion, possibly the youngest world champion in UFC history. If she can win this weekend, man, that 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 she's I think she's ranked number twelve right now in the flyweight division. I just think that she she's only I think she's I think she's younger than me. I think she's like twenty one. <laughs> Crazy. I I, say, I sound like I'm old enough, but I think that uh no man I think she Macy Barber is definitely the the future in the flyweight division. I wouldn't give her uh Valentina Tscherengo right away, but as she keeps progressing throughout these years, she's definitely going to see herself fighting Valentina sooner rather than later and I would like to see uh yeah I would like to see Macy Barber fight Valentina for sure.
0: She keeps looking past Jillian Robertson trying to get the Paige VanZant fight. She needs and that fight.
1: She yeah. need, I think she she can definitely be Paige VanZant. Paige Van Zandt, she has decent striking. Her where she, her strong suit is her grappling. And I, I even think that Macy Barber can outgrapple Paige Van Zant too. Um, but I think Paige is really just looking out the door. She, it sounds like in all of her interviews that she's saying that like, I can make more money from modeling outside the UFC. But you got to remember who gave the UFC or who gave Paige those. The UFC oh. helped her a lot market her. So I think that if Macy wins this weekend. I definitely set up the fight with uh, Paige Van Zant for next year, like earlier next year, mid mid like April, May, somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would definitely like to see Macy Barber fight Paige Van Zant if she gets past. Um, I forgot the I forgot the young girl's name this weekend. Jillian Robertson. Jillian Robertson. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. She, now
0: she's looking past Jillian. Jillian snatches next, bro.
1: She does. She's a beast. She's a beast.
0: She she she. she spoiled meatball Molly's debut who is tearing it up right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. you can't you can't look past her opponent. That's the one the one thing I I gotta say. She she seems to be looking past Jillian like Jillian won't choke her out quick because Jillian's good with that. She snatches next fast. Yeah. Um, I think the fight I'm most looking forward to is Yai Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. There's bad blood now, the eye poke, all that, and that's going to be a blood feud and I'm excited for it. Anyhow man, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Plug your show. Plug your social media real quick. Where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah, of course you can follow me on my Instagram at putt6putt6. P-U-T-T-6. Um, go ahead and check out my YouTube channel. It's ran by myself and one of my good friends Eli. His is at jhu media100. You gotta make sure you guys follow him on Instagram as well too, and jhu media on YouTube. You can also follow me on uh, YouTube at Life of a Prize Fighter. Uh the next one will be on Jared Flash Gordon, who who's on the Dana White looking for a fight. And uh you'll be looking to uh see a bunch more of me filming uh some of the top guys. I'm hoping to get my my boss Anthony Pettis on there too. So we'll see where this takes me. And then uh, you know, guys got a good plan for me. Love it.
0: I love it, brother. Well look, I appreciate you. Uh you take it easy. I am out. I'm out. Take all right, we'll
1: see you, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. I've got interviews coming uh, with fighters, too, but i got to talk to these guys. These media guys are great. They always have some great insight, and I like talking to them. So um, do me a favor. Drop me a follow on social media. Blaine Henry MMA uh, is my personal Twitter. The Fight Library uh, MMA on Instagram, Fight Library MMA on Twitter, The Fight Library on YouTube and Twitch, and fight-library.com is our website. Uh, today's music is brought to you by the Bayou Bullets. It is Kiss and Tell. You can find that on iTunes and everywhere else. And also, our intro music is provided by Swamp Stank, the best band in the world. They provide all the music for our podcast, and their single Christ Eyes is out on everywhere you listen to music. I'm out.